Amazon spent $24,000 to lobby Portland lawmakers against it. National tech lobbying groups have fought it, too. Local business organizations are against it. And the Oregon Bankers Association wants an exemption. Portland lawmakers will vote on September 9th on the city's proposed facial recognition ordinances, nine months after the city revealed its initial draft of the legislation. For anybody paying close attention, it seems like a lifetime. But even when it comes to catching up with tech, government sausage is rarely made quickly. It was way back in January when regional business opposition to Portland's ban proposal surfaced. In case you think a facial recognition ban in Portland is just a set of rules affecting one mid-sized city, business interest in the legislation suggests anything but. It could influence cities across the country to consider establishing tough restrictions that prohibit private entities like businesses from using facial recognition. I'm Kate Kay. In this episode of Band in PDX, I'll explore the opinions and concerns of business and tech here in Portland, nearby in Seattle, and way across the country in Washington, D.C. This is Band in PDX. So as listeners know, Portland City Council will vote soon on two ordinances one prohibiting use of facial recognition by city bureaus, like the police bureau, and one outlawing many uses in private places accessible to the public. Think stores, banks, hotels, private schools. In general, industry groups that have spoken out about it don't like the idea of a ban, especially the ordinance limiting private use. It goes too far, they say, it could have unintended consequences. They say it prevents businesses from using advanced technology that has valuable purposes like enhanced security, crime reduction, and cutting-edge consumer experiences. A member strongly believe their customers as well as the general public expect and support the use of the most modern technology to ensure safety and the best experience while in a private business. John Isaacs is vice president of government affairs for Portland's Chamber of Commerce. They call it Portland Business Alliance, or PBA. He spoke during a city council session back in January, addressing the possible facial recognition ban. The PBA declined to comment for this episode of Band in PDX. The organization told me, quote, As you can imagine, our focus at the moment is truly centered on the significant events that have recently transpired in Portland. Indeed, amid the pandemic and nightly protests against police abuse downtown, there are huge challenges facing local business coming from multiple angles. But the PBA, along with the Technology Association of Oregon, did recently send a joint letter to Smart City PDX. That's the city's data and tech use advisory group that has drafted Portland's proposed bans. The draft ordinances are harmfully too broad, wrote the two business groups. They went on, quote, We can address the public's concerns about facial recognition technology's impact on privacy, security, and racial justice without depriving the public of the benefits that facial recognition can bring. 
The groups listed all sorts of facial recognition uses they see as beneficial, from hotels recognizing loyal customers to healthcare facilities verifying patient identity and mobile apps that help people with memory loss to recognize faces. But despite possible benefits for business, there remain serious concerns about facial recognition algorithms that are less accurate when detecting dark-skinned faces. In fact, the legislation prohibiting private use of facial recognition, it addresses this directly. It notes, quote, Black, indigenous, and people of color communities have been subject to over-surveillance and disparate and detrimental impact of the misuse of surveillance. Face recognition technologies have been documented to have an unacceptable gender and racial bias. The PBA and Tech Association of Oregon, they argued in their letter that the city could alleviate those concerns. They wrote, quote, Instead of banning facial recognition technologies, the city could take action to ensure that Portlanders only use high-performing facial recognition technologies in ways that would reduce rather than exacerbate racial bias. They said the city could mandate performance audits and impose procurement restrictions based on testing results from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. That's NIST for short. That's a federal agency that's conducted several studies assessing facial recognition algorithms. It's worth noting, though, that the ban legislation itself states that the city just doesn't have the resources to monitor who's using what type of facial recognition tech or to evaluate the accuracy levels of these technologies. So what else do business groups want? Well, most are concerned about ban language that allows people to sue non-compliant private entities for damages. Some worry a private right of action could lead to frivolous lawsuits, especially against small businesses. Some say establishing a blanket ban on one particular category of technology is the wrong way to go. They suggest the city could restrict how it can be used instead. And Many have just pushed against an outright ban to begin with, suggesting that a temporary moratorium makes more sense. The Oregon Bankers Association, for instance, wants a moratorium instead of a permanent ban. The group sent its own letter to the drafters at Smart City PDX. For banks, it comes down to having what they believe is the most advanced tech for security and identity. So facial recognition is on the radar at lots of banking industry firms. I think it's an evolving technology, and I think what it comes down to is the security of our banks is paramount. And it's not just security with respect to our um, our customers. Obviously, that is first and foremost, but it also comes into play with respect to our, our, our tellers and those folks who are actually working in the banks. Kevin Christensen is Government Affairs Director at Oregon Bankers Association, the OBA. The group's board includes top execs at Umpqua Bank, Willamette Valley Bank, and regional executives for national banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America. Members operate in all sorts of areas touching financial services, from loan debt collection companies to tech firms. I spoke with Christensen in late August. This is something that our folks spend a lot of time on security. Uh, And it's, it's, it's obviously physical security, it's data security. This is something that our, our folks are very much interested in. And that's why there's some concerns is making sure that 
you're able to employ what I would call a fair and yet robust system to protect those things. In its letter to the drafters of the city's proposed ban, the OBA said its member companies might want to use facial recognition to guard access to data storage areas or vaults. They might like to explore identification systems that allow customers to access their accounts at an ATM or via online banking just by looking at a facial recognition camera. Or maybe they'd like to enhance security cameras in safe deposit box areas with facial recognition features. Right now, it's not clear whether any banks in Portland use facial recognition for any of these purposes today. But the Oregon Bankers Association went further than other trade groups that commented publicly on the ban. The OBA asked for an exemption. Unlike other private entities, they wrote in their letter to drafters, quote, Banks must safeguard the public's financial resources and sensitive customer data. Banks must also protect the physical safety of their customers and employees. Robbery, theft, fraud, and other crimes are, unfortunately, issues that banks must contend with and take steps to avoid. When crimes are committed, banks must take action, unquote. So will banks in Portland get an exemption? It looks like we'll have to wait until the city council votes on September 9th. By the way, the drafters of the facial recognition ordinances recently unveiled what are believed to be the final versions the council will vote on. Despite the fact that business groups have lobbied for less restrictive rules, there aren't too many changes since the ordinance drafts came out in July. So we know local business groups have some issues with Portland's ban proposal, but it's grabbed the attention of big tech and national organizations, too. Let's remember, if Portland passes its ban on private facial recognition use, it could really influence cities across the country to consider establishing similar restrictions. And Amazon, which makes facial recognition technology, doesn't like that prospect. So the company has hired a lobbying firm to combat the ban. Public records show Amazon has paid the lobbying firm $24,000 since December to contact and meet with city council staff. And city archives show this is the first time ever Amazon has lobbied Portland city government. Staff in city council commissioner Joanne Hardesty's office are among the people that lobbyists have met with specifically to discuss the facial recognition legislation on behalf of Amazon. I spoke earlier this year with the commissioner about the ban and tech opposition. They're hoping that they can stop it, and they can't. Uh, and if they can't stop it, they're hoping to soften the language so that they would have more wiggle room, and they also won't be able to do that. Listeners will recall Amazon has a vested interest locally, too. Right next door to Portland, the Washington County Sheriff's Office used Amazon's recognition system between June of 2016 and June of 2020, when Amazon announced it would place a one-year moratorium on police use of the software. And if you want to know more about that, there's a lot more on it in Episode 4 of Banned in PDX, which focuses on law enforcement and public safety. In fact, a business group linked to Amazon that's featured prominently in that episode has spoken out against Portland's proposed ban, too. The Information Technology and Innovation Foundation, or ITIF, 
They're a Washington, D.C.-based group that wrote an opinion piece published in January in The Oregonian. In it, they promoted facial recognition as a proven tool of public safety. They said a ban on Portland's police bureau use would, quote, prevent law enforcement from using facial recognition technology to find missing persons, catch identity thieves, improve security in crowded venues, and identify victims, witnesses, and perpetrators of crime. The thing is, while ITIF calls themselves a think tank, it just so happens that sitting on the ITIF board are several top lobbyists for tech firms that make facial recognition, including Amazon and Microsoft. But that's not all. Other national groups have pushed against the facial recognition legislation here in Portland, too. The Security Industry Association wrote a letter to drafters of the ban, too. And they put things in the context of the pandemic. They wrote, quote, Touchless access control solutions are more important than ever as we work to protect essential workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. They added that in healthcare facilities, facial recognition technology can reduce contact during patient check-in. And they said it can also provide a way to identify unconscious patients in need of emergency assistance. Then there's the International Biometrics and Identity Association, the IBIA. Of course, they have a vested interest in this issue. Facial recognition falls under a broader category of tech, biometrics. So like the Oregon Bankers Association is to banking companies, the IBIA is to makers of biometrics like facial recognition technologies. The group contended in its letter to Portland drafters that, quote, the rationale for the Portland ordinances is not supported by facts or science. Like many other business groups with a stake in facial recognition tech, the IBIA said the city's take on a government study evaluating the accuracy of 189 facial recognition algorithms was wrong. The study they were talking about was conducted by that federal agency I mentioned earlier, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. The agency found that, on average, facial recognition software produced higher rates of false positives when detecting Asian and African-American faces compared to faces of Caucasians. The IBIA and other tech groups have argued, though, that that big-picture assessment of the algorithms, it misses the fact that the best-performing algorithms are highly accurate even when detecting non-white faces. So instead of seeing the study as validation that facial recognition produces biased results that could negatively affect people of color, the IBIA argued it showed that top-performing algorithms have undetectable differences among demographic groups. But even the lead author of that objective government study emphasized the importance of looking at all the algorithms it evaluated, he wrote, quote, while it is usually incorrect to make statements across algorithms, we found empirical evidence for the existence of demographic differentials in the majority of the face recognition algorithms we studied. Drafters of Portland's proposed ban and 
most media outlets that covered that study, they made the same conclusion. It's not clear how individual business owners or member companies within these groups come down on facial recognition, but if Amazon's lobbying expenditures and lengthy letters from trade groups and city council session appearances are any indication, business in general opposes much of what Portland City Council members will vote on September 9th. What will the world think of Portland's ultra-restrictive ban? Will they see Portland as a forward-thinking city if it passes these facial recognition ordinances? Or will they see it the way Portland Business Alliance's John Isaacs worries they might? A city that is inhospitable to tech. Here's Isaacs again from that January city council session. Portland has a strategic advantage in tech. After years of struggling to retain these companies locally, high-growth companies are finally able to raise significant investment dollars without succumbing to pressure to leave Portland. A ban on any technology will be viewed to any, some extent as an anti-tech industry action and will have a negative impact on the perception of Portland as a growing tech hub. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler responded to his criticism during that same session. He explained why he thinks this facial recognition thing is a big deal. I want to acknowledge that this is a big issue. And the reason we are discussing it here at the Portland City Council is because the federal government has chosen to punt on this issue and not take action. We have experience with new technologies in this community. We saw it with short-term rentals and we saw it with TNCs. And the reality is that, and I want to make a bit of a differentiation here between big tech and what makes up the bulk of our technology community here, which is smaller, more innovative, more entrepreneurial technology. But the reality is when big tech came in, they bulldozed local communities in the absence of federal standards. And as a result of that, with each new technology that comes by, we are being more and more discriminating about how that technology is deployed and we want to protect the interests of the public. We know that the technology industry understands that the ultimate battle isn't for market share, it's for information. Whoever controls information controls the world. And ultimately, this technology is about controlling our information. And I would argue it's very different than the TNCs or short-term rentals because you're talking about issues of life and death context of public safety, and you're talking about civil rights and civil liberties. And we heard some very, very compelling testimony from individuals who represent frontline communities who say, look, this time, let's take into account the needs, the interests, and the histories of those frontline communities. And my belief is that we are not being anti-technology by raising these questions and asking, how do we make sure that as this technology spreads and it's deployed broadly, that we are protecting the interests of those in our community who have historically been steamrolled by some of these innovations. What I would like to see Portland do differently is say, we are pro-technology, we are pro-innovation, we are pro-creativity, and what makes us different and unique 
is we're not just chasing information gathering or market share or ROI. What we are actually trying to do is deploy technologies, new innovative technologies in a way that people have failed to deploy them previously, which is with frontline communities being considered first as part of the conversation. I, for one, am eager to see if local business has any sway on the votes of city council members, all of whom have expressed concern about potential harmful impacts of facial recognition use. What will happen? Stay tuned to the next episode of Band in PDX to find out. Until next time, I'm Kate Kay. This is Band in PDX. Thank you.